Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. Welcome. This week, we have former AMLAW law partner and practice leader who is now known for the work she does helping women and underrepresented individuals rise within their respective industries. She was the host of the award-winning podcast, Hustle & Flow, for over three years, which recently wrapped this June, and she has another upcoming, super highly anticipated podcast coming out, and we'll talk about that. Um, she's actually, here's some fun stuff, she's actually walked the Grammys red carpet multiple times and has worked with many, many television, film, music, celebrities, and she's actually been featured on uh, NBC uh, Business Insider, The Ladders, Ladders if you guys are lawyers, <laughs> um, Authority Magazine, Grammy Magazine, and so much more. She's actually been in Huffington Post as well. She lives in the Nashville area with her husband, and unlike most lawyers, she likes to collect wine, not drink it. Um, and she's actually you know, mastered the art of collecting wine. She also has border collies and cats. Let's talk to our guest this week, Heather Hubbard. Welcome, Heather. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you and I were just chit-chatting a little bit, and um, it was interesting. I had mentioned a client that I'm working with, and I think this is really important for us to talk about right now because this is what you do. So guys, if you really want to understand what I said when she helps women and underrepresented people, here's the deal. If If you're kind of stuck, if you're lost in translation, if you think you're trying to pivot and you don't get it or you've tried and you failed and you're just kind of like, dude, you know, what the F? Like... Heather's your woman. Heather, Heather and I do kind of, we, we overlap in the same space. So I thought this was a really good conversation for us to have. Um, we were just talking about how we had a pivot and how, you know, she was really going on the road and she was building up this whole thing. And here I was like super happy that, you know, I work from home a lot of times. So it was easier for me to pivot with my child and not having to figure that out. And then we kind of got into this conversation, you know, first of all, I mean, what a great time, as scary as it might be for some people, what a great time to be forced to do the thing you know is necessary, but you never have enough time for, right? And that's self-evaluation. So Heather, why don't you talk about, uh, you know, talk with us for a minute about some things that we can do if we're in this position and we're trying to evaluate because we do lean a lot on our history, what we know, what we know we do well. Well, I was a lawyer. I did lawyer well. I hated lawyer. So, and you know, when I first left, I did all the major mistakes. Oh, I transferred law firms. I like started my own firm. I, it was all law related, right? Even my title company, honestly, as successful as it was, was law related too, because I leveraged my license. It was, oh, well, what can I use my license for, right? Yeah. So talk to us about some things that we can do to have a sort of self-analysis where we can pull ourselves away from what we do best to really understand what we want. Yeah. So one of the things that I have always taught is a tool called the strategy pyramid. And the strategy pyramid, it's you have at the very top you have vision, and then right under that you have strategy, under that you have goals, then projects, then tasks. And so you can literally imagine that each one of those it's like a little bar right? And so when the whole thing is built out, it is truly a pyramid. And so you always want the pyramid. You always want the triangle. 
if you can draw, like, you know, some people may need to draw this out to truly visualize it, but at the very, very top, you have vision and that is a triangle. If you look at anything under it alone, all, you know, basically you have a plateau. So, so many of us get stuck in the day-to-day of tasks or projects and we're busy all the time, which is why we plateau. But the more interesting one, and especially kind of what we're looking at with COVID, it's that middle part. It's the goals and the strategy. And I really think that that's where, myself included, like I'm constantly using this. I'm constantly coming back to this because that is where, like from a goals and strategy perspective, we tend to lean on our experience and our history and our go-to. So I also, right, was a former lawyer, but that's not necessarily my go-to. My go-to is strategy, right? Being super strategic and helping other people problem solve. And my other go-to is whatever I'm doing, like keep climbing that ladder, right? Just whatever that ladder is, if I'm doing it well, keep climbing it higher. And so that's where a lot of us tend to plateau. And when we're high achievers, Because our plateau is higher than others, it looks like, well, we're doing all the things. We're super successful. And we are. But the key is the vision. What do we want? And so that's where you have to constantly come back and make sure that everything is aligned or you're going to plateau. And I experienced that myself this spring where I recognized that some of my goals and some of my strategy was less about getting me to that vision that I wanted and more about I was just in the thing. I was in what's going well. And it took COVID and things to kind of fall apart for me to say, as I was putting it back together and pivoting with the strategy and the goals, wait, is this really aligned with the vision? And the vision is, what does my soul want? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I really, really want out of each day and out of my life in general? So that would be my number one tool is to truly pull out that pyramid and say, okay, where am I spending my like the most time? Where am I plateauing and where do I need to get really clear as to is this am I doing this because it's what I want or am I doing this because this is what I know I'm good at and this is what other people want. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so that sometimes we don't even realize that we're operating within the confounds of other people's ideas, society's ideas, church's ideas, like parents' ideas, grandparents' ideas, friends' ideas, right? TV, it's all over, right? So yeah. let me ask you this, because I think this is actually the hardest part sometimes to answer. And you can tell me your experience too, because when you were leaving the practice of law, and by, by the way, I always, I always feel like there's also iterations of this, like your big vision as you pull yourself further apart from what you thought it was, and when you start to realize what it really is, the vision changes, right? But, but how do we, you know, because I remember, I couldn't tell you what the hell I really wanted when I stopped practicing law, right? Right. It was just like, well, and, and I couldn't get it out of my head, the things I could leverage, like the license, like the knowledge, like the business building, right? It's only until recently, like in the past five to 10 years that I really got a passion for the business building and pulled everything into alignment. But how do we, like what, when we're stuck and we have no idea what our soul wants because we're so beaten down and on the path of every day. Been there, yep. Right, right, all of us, right? So, so what questions do we ask? How do we find it when we still believe we don't have enough time to get a hobby, find a passion, do something right. else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at least for me and I think for a lot of clients, sometimes if you don't know what you want, 
right? You have to ask yourself, well, what do I not like? And so you just start to play with both of those, right? So imagine and maybe create it if you've got space for it, whether it's, you know, two pieces of paper or you've got almost like two whiteboards or two flip charts and it becomes a matter of you can play with both. What do I, And you can do it at the same time, right? Like you can go back and forth. You don't have to stick with one, but it's what do I want more of in my life? And the answer could be sleep, right? Like you don't have to try to figure out what career should I have? You know, it can literally be, what do I want more of in my life? And maybe it's sleep, maybe it's peace. And then, well, what does that look like for you? Maybe it's laughter. I mean, who knows what it is? Like, but you can be as esoteric as you want. And then you can also create a list of, well, what do I not like? What do I want less of? Um, Because sometimes it's easier for us to pinpoint that. And maybe it's, I I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be answering. I don't want to be on call 24 Mm seven. And so just starting to identify those lists and constantly updating it. And then once you get going with it, it, you want to start asking yourself why, right? Like you would then pull one thing out from either list and you just want to keep digging down and saying, well, why, why do I want more of that? Or why do I want less of that? Because sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to be on call 24 seven. And it may be true, but it may not be either, right? It may be, you don't want to be on call 24 seven with the people you work with or with the clients you work with or in the industry you're in. Now it could be, it truly is a, I don't want to be on call 24 seven, but sometimes we just see the surface level. So really asking yourself why and digging down and that alone, right? Like that doesn't, it doesn't feel overwhelming, because sometimes I think we make these um, because it feels like a big decision and we make it a bigger deal than it is. And it's like, just bring it down, play with it and just play around with concepts of what do I want more of? What do I want less of and why? And you'll start to get some threads. You'll start to have some aha moments and then you can spend more time on those. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. So talk to me about some things that we can do at home. So I know a lot of people have taken this moment to hopefully, right, uh, have a moment to reflect. And you've talked about the the triangle, the pyramid. You've talked about the questions we can ask ourselves. You know, we in business and all of us high achievers always keep hearing about the pivot. And it's interesting because... For someone like yourself, someone like myself, we get the pivot. That doesn't mean we don't don't get it wrong sometimes too, right? But we get the pivot. And most of us are out here making tons of money, right? Because we understand the market and the changes. And this is a question I'm actually asking because I do, but I don't know that I necessarily know clearly enough how to teach, so to speak. Like when someone asks me, if I dig into your business personally, one-on-one and I see, because I'm me, I see the pivot. But if I were to talk to a broader audience, like on stage and talk about the pivot and what they can do, I don't think I'm actually capable of doing that. Right. I'm sure I could, if I really had someone like you, like I would have you coach me, pull it out and then I'd write it. Right. But what would you do in order to talk to people um, about the pivot? Right. Like how do they analyze the pivot? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that pivoting is highly strategic and strategy is not general. Strategy is specific, Um, which is why, you know, so many people will come to me and say, oh, I like what that person's doing. Like, I just want to recreate their business. Or sometimes people like other coaches or consultants will come to me and be like, how do you do this? And it's like, 
Just because it works for me doesn't mean it will work for you. And that's whether you're starting a business, growing a business, or pivoting. All of that is about strategy, and strategy is so specific. Strategy is based on your values, what well, should be. Strategy <laughs> is based on, you know, the team. And for most, I think for most of us, that brand is, it's us. Some, sometimes there's a company that has its own brand, but for a lot of us, it's it's us, right? Because we kind of are the brand. We are the entrepreneur. Um it is looking at the team as a whole and what can be done. It's looking at your particular market and your ideal client. Like it's all the things like, which is why I think you're saying, if I sit down with one person, I can pull that out. Um, But that's where if, you know, for those listening, if, if you feel as though strategy is not your strong suit, you need to invest. You need to hire someone like Kirsten uh, or me or someone else who can help pull that out and give it to you Um, in the same way that you would hire other experts or service providers to help you with a certain thing. Strategy is definitely an expertise. And so if you don't have it, then you want to invest in that. Um, And for those of you that do have it, but you're like, I'm good with other people, but not myself, right? Because you're too close to it know that, again, you might want to invest. I invest, Kirsten, I'm sure you invest. I do all the time. Uh, I coaches now. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that really is the thing. It's being able to take a step back and have someone else kind of look at those themes. But um, I'm not sure if that really answered your question, but I I don't think you can get on stage and teach strategy. I mean, I get there are people who teach formulas and they're, this right, is- and the there, there is something kind of formulaic in the sense of you are going to look like at those things that you even mentioned, right? The, yeah. the individual values. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I think that's my answer is that I really can't. Like, I don't really think there is a way to do that, right? right? To really yeah. be successful. I can give you the formula, but we don't know what the number is yet to plug in. Only you know that. And therefore the formula is going to end up with 100, 200, 210, right. who knows? Right. And this is why, you know, I think you and I are both very familiar with the online business industry. And so, you know, a lot of people will buy courses from what we call some of the gurus. And this is why some people can follow that and be super successful and can follow it and not be successful at all. Yeah. Because yes, those frameworks can be amazing, but you still have to have strategy behind it. Yeah. And mindset. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of mindset. I'm a big proponent of your underlying beliefs dictating everything. Absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree more. All right. So we got to talk to our lawyer peeps for a second here because you and I both uh, would love to probably enter, you know, you're, you're from an Amlaw 200 firm. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you know what they need and yet they're so resistant, right? (laughs) So I know that I speak to all my law law partners and I know y'all have had some time. So let's talk to them specifically. And guys, this actually applies to all of you. I'm just making a joke because we know how how it is in the legal realm. Um, But it's actually no different in any other field. You know, the stress is different. Your times might be different, but it's all the same practice and procedure in order to pinpoint it, release yourself from it and get to your next level, you know? But let's talk to them because, you know, right now a lot of law partners a lot of practice leaders are having to do multiple things, right? Like in the sense of bring together a team remotely for the first time, right? Um, really understand how business is going to operate in the long term remotely. Um, because law firms were so resistant to change, kind of like the recruiting industry, by the way, which I own a company in, um, it's very hard for them to pivot because it is so you know, 
we have our servers, you must come in. And now they have to dump hundreds of thousands, if not quarters of millions of dollars on IT to rapidly get up to pace to allow remote access for everyone, right? And this happens in recruiting because I remember that the reason I created my recruiting company is because there I was a single mom of like a two, three-year-old and I had to go into an office physically in Manhattan. And I like to travel, I'm a single parent, so like my child's coming with me everywhere. And it was ridiculous. And I, and this is before the age of like the internet, the way we know it now, right? Like this is like 2010, like the internet was invented only five years <laughs> earlier. You know what I mean? It was so sad. Um, Google, what was that? Right. Um, so it was difficult, but I knew it was possible. And now, um, now like 15, 20 years later, I'm reaping the benefit. But, you know, it, law firms, certain kinds of industry really were hard pressed against even HR departments being remote. So now they're doing all this pivot, but for our law partners, they're, they're like mini managers of their own silo of business, right? They have to bring in the business. They have to train the associates. They have to work with HR. They have so much stuff to do. I mean, you know, what do you think, hmm, what's the question here? What do you think would be their most, let me, let me figure out how to ask this question. How would their time be best spent hmm. in order to, systematize and level up their group, meaning really, because I think they're going to have multiple problems. I think they're going to have multiple problems with their associates being on board, energized, wanting to do the work, right? Because they're not traditionally rah, rah, team, let's go. And it works when you're stuck in an office and you're stuck having to go to a meeting, but when you're not, it doesn't really work that well. And I know because I have all remote teams, right? So, so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how can we help them save themselves, I guess, is a kind of question. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to have two answers, depending, because we talked about, you know, how lawyers are resistant. So I'm going to meet you where you are. Um, If you are a lawyer and you are all about, like, I'm just playing the game, I just want to get ahead, like, like, this is how things are and you don't get me, I got an answer for you. And for those of you who really are trying to be innovative and challenge the status quo and kind of lead in a new way, um, I've got an answer for you, but they're a bit different. Um, okay. So for those who are like totally in it, the in it to win it attitude, and I'm here to succeed, um, you know, here's the thing. There have been rumors and rumblings that more layoffs are about to happen. Um, there was a recent article talking about, um, you know, and this is fully aligned with kind of the conversations I have, which is, you know, um, the law firms are only, they're not going to have too long of a dip with profits per partner because you're going to see basically people would start jumping ship and, well, we just know that law firms are kind of a greedy group. So um, here's the thing. The most important thing that you can do is for you and your group to be profitable. Um, and this is why the law law firms have all the problems they have, which... <laughs> But I'm just like, I'm always like honest. Uh, But the way that you do that is like, you aren't really concerned about employee morale. You're not really concerned about the raw, raw. You're not concerned about any of that. You're just concerned about profitability. And so basically you need to be getting work in the door. You need to be as efficient as possible. Um, And you need to make sure that your group is the same way. And when the group well, when the management group comes to ask, like, where should we be making cuts? Then you need to make cuts where there's not profitability. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's how law firms operate. And if you're part of that, then that's your answer. If you are part of the group that's like, you know what? I hate the law firm model. I think there's so much opportunity and we're in a time where we can affect change. 
you might be right. You might be wrong. Um, you know, it's funny. People always ask me like, do you think law firms can change? And I'm like, well, I mean, there's a chance, but like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's be a while. <laughs> you know, it's probably not too likely that it's going to happen tomorrow. You're better off starting your own firm. Um, but if you're coming from that perspective and you've got that passion and that energy, then this is where you want to look at, okay, within my firm, where is the best window? Where's the best window? So you've just got to look and say, where am I most likely to be able to get change affected? And where am I probably going to hit a wall? So find where you think you can affect the change and then make that happen. So for you, it might be pulling together a better project management system within your group. Um, It could be having more diverse dialogue. It could be you having those one-on-one calls with your team members. It could be having brainstorming sessions with your groups. Um, to find out like, how do we want to staff things differently so that like, as you're dealing with your kids and your, you know, workload, like everybody's kind of like rationing the load and we're doing this in a new and innovative way. And if you're doing that, I wouldn't dictate it. I would include your group. And if whatever your vision is, where you think that law firms could be improved and better, then take that Take the windows of opportunity where you think you might actually be able to affect change and then go play. There has never been a better time or year to play um, because there there aren't any rules. And if it doesn't work out, like you just then blame it. You're like, oh, well, that was COVID, right? So if you want to challenge the status quo and play and test, like this is your time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Interesting. Interesting. So talk. Um, why don't you tell us one thing? If you could leave our listeners with one one good golden nugget takeaway, what would you leave them with? You know, I really think it goes back to the alignment piece, Kirsten. Um, You know, whether you're wanting to, you know, be in it to win it and play the game and climb the corporate ladder, whether you're wanting to challenge the status quo and do things differently and be innovative, um, whether you've been in your industry or your job for five minutes <laughs> or, you know, five decades, you can always choose again. You can always yeah. choose again. Um, and there is nothing wrong with that. There is no shame in that. We, we have this one life and it's really up to us to be stewards of what we do with it. Um, and so, spending time and staying focused on that vision and being open to that vision changing, but constantly being aligned and going after it. That's like, that's what it's about. If there's no joy in the journey, if you win all of these accolades or make all this money, but it never really brought you what you were hoping it would bring you, um, you know, that's the saddest part. So um, that's what I, that, that's my nugget permission to explore permission to play and permission to choose again at any moment. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS thrive, uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, or of course, you can join me 
in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.